Welcome to the Earful Runner Podcast, a show devoted to sharing the stories of people who come to race in the most magical place on earth. I'm Mary. And I'm Emily. And we are excited to bring you our monthly edition of Blue Sky Racing in today's episode. And for our listeners who are not familiar with this, can you break it down for them? Sure thing. So Blue Sky Racing takes its inspiration from the term Imagineers use when they're building out new concepts, you know, attractions, lands. It asks the question, if you could build anything, what would you build? Exactly. So Blue Sky Racing asks, if you could build any race on Disney property, what would you build and why? So, so far in our Blue Sky Racing episodes, we've delved into the deep and an extremely complicated pirate adventure that will blow your mind and your effects budget sky high, and a super fun take on relay racing theme to one of our favorites, the great movie ride. Last time it was M's turn, there was diagrams and maps and no budget. I can't wait to see what she's got this month. So what have you got for us? Well, before we get to Blue Sky Racing for this month, which I'm super excited to share, involves not one, but two races. Uh, I'd love to know how your training is going this week. How are, how, are, how are we feeling going into, I think it's week nine or week 10 of Dopey training? I think this is 10. Okay. I don't know. I've stopped. No, okay. So I've, the training, I've, so there's no forward progress. There's no forward progress. <laughs> uh, no, I was, I was a little under the weather last week, so that kind of through me a little bit so we're gonna get back on track okay but now that the weather's turning i'm actually very excited because it's no longer the surface of the sun that's nice you know when you don't have to uh go out when it's 85 degrees or try to go out when it's you know early in the morning before it's 85 degrees that also helps yeah when it's only like 84 degrees yeah there you go yeah and what 90 (laughs) percent humidity that's always a really good look always a good time yeah so we'll, we'll get back on track we still got we still got time if you were to like train for this like regular marathon training 18 weeks would be the end of september so like we've got we've got some time so for all of our friends and listeners out there who may be sort of in a similar position, especially coming into the holiday weekend with Labor Day weekend, if you feel like you've fallen off in training, don't worry. You have plenty of time to get back at it. Just focus on what you can do on a regular basis. Um, know that cross-training is great. I personally spent a lot of time kayaking uh, oh, this last, last couple of days. And I will tell you that getting in and getting out of a kayak should be an endurance sport because, uh, well, I learned that there's ways to get in a kayak successfully without getting wet, and then there are ways not to. So, yes. Good to know. Climbing back in the kayak, yes. Yeah, I did some hiking this weekend, and that was a fun way to cover some miles, you know, see some new things and take in some views, but. And that's awesome, and I didn't get an emergency phone call, so you clearly made it back. (laughs) There were more people on the trail this time, so like there were, we could at least like follow the crowd and know that we would probably end up back where we started versus like the last time was like a Thursday night at 5 p.m. and so there was absolutely nobody else in the woods but us. It was a bold choice going out that late. It was but it was like the only day in July where it wasn't a million degrees like the high was like 78 and we were like this is gonna be the coolest day we have for months like let's do it now. Let's go now yes and then you realize Maybe we have made a mistake. I didn't realize when I saw the Hudson River and you were like, you should not see the Hudson River. It's like, you are on the wrong side of the mountain. Turn it's around. It's like, you're going to find yourself three miles from your car. <laughs> like, oops. Yep, time to turn around, right? So, so yes, cross-training and getting back out there in whatever way, shape, or form. And just know that we have plenty of time before Dopey comes back around. So just stay consistent 
um, and just stay on top of what is manageable for you in terms of training. If you've got a schedule that says four days a week and you can only do three days, that's okay. Don't stress about it. Just Just hang in there. Hang in there. And I know motivation is hard as we watch more and more races start to get canceled and go virtual, but everything will eventually be okay. But so. well, also too, you know, think about it. Des Linden said it a couple of months ago, um, and I think she's really right on. It's it's about training for life. I know that some people yeah. think that's a little hammy, but <laughs> honestly, you you can't prepare for everything that race day could possibly throw at you. Just the same way that you can't prepare for anything that twenty twenty has thrown at us. <laughs> nope. Not at all. So no. just get out there, keep training, and you you never regret the runs that you do take. It's usually you regret the ones that you don't. So make or sure the you ones get out that. Train for. Yes, yes, <laughs> that is also true. So speaking of motivation and you know, kind of imagining things that will help keep us motivated. It, this is, as Emily said at the jump, our monthly edition of Blue Sky Racing, which mm-hmm. is a super exciting concept uh, that we love. We love the idea of thinking about if we could do anything with races, what would we do and where? And in the, the course of the last couple of episodes, I got to thinking about how a lot of the races were attractions-based uh, events you know so we had a pirate's life for me uh, adventure and then we had the great movie relay which i thought was pretty fantastic so one of the things that i got to thinking about was what if you developed a race around a specific movie or series of characters what could that look like and where could you uh, create a really meaningful experience for your participants so uh my working concept today for the, uh, the Blue Sky Racing is called the Pixar Pals Challenge. Ooh. And it involves not one, but two events, which we actually, I went ahead and built out these sample routes for. Which yeah, we'll, I'm looking at them now. <laughs> which we will go through. Um, and Mary's then, dedication to race planning is just something that, that needs to be put to better use so if there's somebody out there listening that can give her a job planning races somewhere please please do it because there's a lot of talent that's going to waste (laughs) well it's just one of those things that it just makes me really happy uh to to think about and to do and to kind of imagine what this could potentially look like in the course of um you know an actual real event so with that, I give you race number one in the Pixar Pals Challenge. Um, the first is actually going to take place in Walt Disney World. It will be a half marathon, and it will be followed by an experience in Disneyland, which is something that Em and I have both agreed desperately needs to happen again. Mm-hmm. Uh, please go ahead and settle your differences with the city of Anaheim so we can get back to racing in California. That's our monthly our monthly push. For, yeah, exactly. For this is our monthly commercial. Please, please, please. Let's please just, fix your shit. Yeah, let's just <laughs> go ahead and get this sorted out. So the working conceit for the Pixar Pals Challenge is that you are going to closely mirror the experience and the story of one of the main characters of Toy Story, which for this particular event in Walt Disney World happens to be Buzz Lightyear. So Buzz, as we all know, comes from a journey far, uh, comes from a land far, far away in a a galaxy uh, 
heretofore unknown to man to crash land in Andy's bedroom after Andy's birthday celebration. So for the Pixar Pals Challenge Half Marathon in Walt Disney World, you step into Buzz's flight suit and you journey through not one, but two parks plus a resort um, to experience some of the same things in sort of the same way that Buzz would. So just imagine that you're Buzz Lightyear and you're coming from outer space and you're landing and the ultimate goal is to get to Andy's backyard. Sweet. Okay, so you're going to start out um, in the contemporary parking lot. Interesting choice. Um, it's Magic Kingdom adjacent. There's plenty of parking, but I love the sort of stylized um, neo-futuristic architecture of the contemporary, and also you have the monorail traveling through. So if you're thinking about sort of like a resort-based sci-fi backdrop, uh, for Buzz to crash land into, that's where you're going to start. You're going to start. It smells really good. Exactly, right over by Bay Lake <laughs> Tower. That's where we're starting. The, a side side note: that if you're ever looking for for to smell the contemporary when you're not at the contemporary, the lavender jasmine body wash by Dial smells just like the contemporary. And I know that sounds really really weird, but I like opened it and I was like, oh my god, it smells like the contemporary. And then I had my mom and my aunt buy it, and they were like, oh my god, it smells like the contemporary. That's so I was like, cool. I'm not losing my mind. They sell it at CVS, so if you ever need it, you know, to smell just, the contemporary, like exactly. Dial soap has you covered. It's something you could totally rock. And Dial soap, if you want to sponsor us, this is your plug. <laughs> Here you go. So you're going to start out by the contemporary, and then you're going to travel on the walkway into the main gate at the Magic Kingdom. You're going to make your way down Main Street, USA, and then you're going to make your way into Tomorrowland via the Tomorrowland Bridge past uh, Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin. You're going to do a quick loop where you can see uh, Space Mountain, and then you're going to hustle through uh, Fantasyland and come through the castle. Um, again, that's sort of Buzz crash landing into Earth and sort of finding it unfamiliar. And you're going to come back down Main Street, and after Main Street, you're going to exit. Um, and the cool part is for much of this first part of the race, you'll be able to see runners coming in the other direction. It's unlike the marathon where they loop you around and you head out through Liberty Square so you don't see everybody else coming through. Um, I figured that would be really fun for encouraging folks and kind of keeping people um, motivated, especially as you move into the next couple of miles. Because from mile, basically the start to mile two, just before mile two, you're going to be in the Magic Kingdom or just outside of it. Um, so you got that kind of like super cool vibe. But once you get to mile uh, two and a half, you're going to be on World Drive and you're going to be taking World Drive just the same way that you would in the opposite direction, of course, of the traditional marathon. So World Drive, World Drive, all the way down to mile four. You're going to do that little interchange um, over uh, within sight of the Caribbean beach and within sight of the Tower of Terror. And then you're going to hook a right onto West Buena Vista Drive. Now, here's where people are probably like, why are you going over to All-Star Resorts? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, well, two years ago, All-Star Resorts refurbished a bank of rooms with Toy Story theming, which is pretty cool. So you're going to actually be able to run past a giant Buzz Lightyear, a giant Woody, um, great for photo ops. It's pretty cool. And then you're going to come back out onto the highway, loop back onto World Drive. At roughly mile 10, 10 and a half, 
you're going to pass through um, the Welcome to Walt Disney World signage, which is always a really fun thing. Kind of like I think about when you go in the marathon, you go through the gates of the Magic Kingdom and it's the Transportation and Ticket Center. Like this is sort of the same thing, which is pretty cool. And then you're going to come back up by Hollywood Studios. You're going to go in the main gate of Hollywood Studios. So you're going to take that little path that leads from Epcot into the main gate. You're going to make your way down Sunset Boulevard. Do they rename all these parking lots? They may have. We're looking at the map now. Mickey Mouse lot, Buzz Lightyear lot, Jesse lot. They've renamed all the Hollywood Studios parking lots. And a bunch of them are Pixar, so so Beautiful. much the better. Olaf lot. <laughs> when did this happen? <laughs> this is cool. Wait, when did I miss? It used to be like movies and music and symphony or something. Like it used to be more Hollywood themed. This may have actually come along with the... Um, with Toy Storyland opening, maybe. I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna do some deep dive research after uh, this on the parking I'm, lot situation. The parking lot situation, because I swear the last time I was there, this was not. Is <laughs> that BB-8 parking lot? The, no, there was definitely not a BB-8 parking lot when I was there in February. Okay, so this is so there's been some parking. So lot there's been some parking lot renaming. I'm gonna have to do some deep diving into this. This is what happens when Mary makes a map. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and now, yes, and now we have to go through them. So, so yes. Yeah, so you're gonna, like I said, you're gonna make your way down Hollywood Boulevard. You're gonna take a right on Sunset, and then you're actually gonna come around behind uh, Rock and Roller Coaster, or I'm sorry, just adjacent to Rock and Roller Coaster, into what used to be the old back lot. It's actually called Showbiz Boulevard. Um, and the last time, I'm sorry, the time before the last time I did the marathon, um, that was actually part of the marathon course where you run through, uh, I believe it was the costume and prop shop. Yeah, buildings. it was super cool. They used to like light the floor up with like little neon. The very, the very first year I did the half, I volunteered at the full mm -hmm. and I was stationed in front of the fake Flatiron building. Oh, in nice. The back lot. That sounds like a blast. I listened to the same three New York songs for eight hours, <laughs> which you don't realize because you weren't in the back lot ever long enough to realize that they only play the same three songs over and over, over again. And over right. again and everyone's like running they're like yeah i love listening to new york new york and i'm like yeah i've been listening to it since 6 a.m yeah it's, it's been a long day it's totally been a long day so so as uh so as buzz lightyear you're now kind of crossing over into the area where you're getting closer to andy's backyard so you're going to come around on showbiz boulevard and again back of the house behind slinky dog dash um which has some of the like most cheerful theming I could possibly oh my think God, of for so cute. that late in the race, right? And then you're going to come around um, right by uh, Alien Swirling Saucers and the giant statue of Buzz Lightyear to finish right in the heart of Toy Story Land, uh, just across from Toy Story Mania. So yes, it is a little bit tricky for um, a pedestrian flow perspective simply because you're not finishing in a parking lot which is something that typically would happen but I think the idea of following Buzz's journey closely from you know the space or near space anyways uh, all the way into Andy's backyard is just like a super fun and interesting way to see some parts of the parks that you wouldn't necessarily see in the traditional marathon course and it's also a great way um, to have some character involvement with four Toy Story movies, I think you have more than ample opportunity for lots of different character photo ops. For sure. 
Um, I, I personally think Bo Peep with a couple of sheep would be an would awful be lot of fun. And she, if you haven't met her yet, like she's out with Woody in Toy Story Land in her in her pants that she Aww. wears in Toy Story Four. Very super cool. super cute. I mean, not out right now because yes, because character meet and greets are not happening the way that they had once been. Uh, but yeah, so I feel like that's a great way to kick off the Pixar Pals challenge. Um, so that's the Walt Disney World edition. And before love we move that. to Disneyland, what are your thoughts on? No, I love this. I think this is awesome. I think the course is different, which is always nice. We're not seeing the same things over and over again. I love that it ends in Toy Story Land. I always wonder too if like kids today understand half the toy references in Toy Story Land. I'm like, do we know what Tinker Toys are? Like, See, defi- that's like, a great you question. You definitely don't know what a viewfinder is. <laughs> you totally don't. Or um, I think about uh, Peepers or RC, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that I really liked in um, the refurbishment of all-star movies is that they have like a big RC a that big people RC. can take photos with. I just think Peepers is the cutest thing ever. Yeah, and there's an RC, there's an RC ride in Paris and yep. Shanghai and to, there's an, in in a bunch of them. There's like a like a. Little, and like a pirate, like the pirate ship that you would see in like a traditional. The swing, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it, it's on a track, but it has that same RC car, RC car, like back and forth type situation. Oh, that's so cool. Which is really cool. So you could technically, you could like, you could like make this like a four park um, challenge. Like you could do a, a, a Toy Story iteration in Paris and Asia as well. So in doing the research for this, um, the average number of attractions dedicated to Pixar themes mm-hmm. um, is 10. Interesting. So each resort, like I didn't, I didn't break it out door by door, but like each resort has at least 10 attractions themed to uh, Pixar characters. Now I could definitely do a deeper dive and figure out which movie franchises they were talking about, but I feel like a lot of it is Toy Story. A lot of it's probably Toy Story. I mean, it's tough to be a bug is still around. That's at least one. And then you have the All of Cars Land in Disneyland, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is a big one. Um, you have the Incredibles. You have Incredibles. Yeah. Well, Pixar Pier. Yep. In Disneyland is like a whole thing. So Disneyland probably has the most because that rebranding of Pixar Pier was huge mm-hmm. i kind of i mean i miss a, a little bit miss the old california adventure because it was all themed to southern california which i thought was really really cool mm-hmm. but i think for tourism purposes the pixar peer rebranding was very good for them yeah it, it, you could say it had legs it had legs yeah, yeah. or wheels as or the wheels. case may be yeah i haven't ridden the incredicoaster since they rebranded it to the incredicoaster it was still california screaming the last time i rode it Gotcha. gotcha, um, and gotcha. I know they've added some cool lights and stuff like that. So to next year, when they finish the when they finish the Avengers Campus, we'll take a trip to Disneyland. I'm all over it. That Quinjet, the picture of that like Quinjet. The... I was like, <gasps> yeah, we have to go. We must go. We have we to see the go. Quinjet. I wonder if they, you know, that would have been a fantastic joke. Is if they just left it empty and told everybody it was cloaked. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's totally there. It's, it's just totally cloaked. there. It's just cloaked. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my goodness. Well, so speaking of Disneyland, coming at you is the other half of the Pixar Pals Challenge, uh, which is a 5K in Disneyland. That's all the property you've got. Yep, pretty much. (laughs) So I tried uh, six ways to Sunday to figure out a way to get a 10K in here. Nope. There just really isn't. Um, So you're still getting both 
parks in the Disneyland Resort here um, and a little bit of sort of park adjacent stuff like with Downtown Disney, but it's just really challenging to get anything larger than that. And I felt yeah. like having a shorter race stuffed full of characters and experiences would probably be superior to having a longer race that didn't quite have um, the sort of end-to-end character experience. Yeah, I mean, the old Disneyland 10K used to start on, I guess is that South Disneyland Drive? I'm looking at the looking at the map. But it used to start outside the Disneyland Hotel, and then it ran down out of Disney property around the Anaheim Convention Center and then back in and you got about four miles within Disneyland but the first like two-ish you got making a loop around the Convention Center and some of the out- outer perimeter. perimeter. If you were to run the perimeter of Disneyland, like if you were to make a square around the perimeter of Disneyland, it would only be a 5k. That's amazing to me. Yeah, you could drive right past Disneyland and not even know you passed it. Whereas, Whereas in, Disney World, it's very much like, you are here. You have arrived. You have arrived. Awesome. Yeah. So so the inspiration for the Pixar Pals challenge on the West Coast, uh, the 5K, um, is really about sort of a toy's journey home. So I thought a lot about, um, you know, Woody getting left behind and like how does he make his way back, which is sort of a, a leitmotif that works its way through all of the films. So how do you, you know, complete your adventure and make your way back home? So this one is actually going to start just outside. Um, I did think about starting this one in a parking lot just for staging purposes <laughs> um, on Disney Way. And then you're actually going to head west and follow the route of the Toy Story shuttle. All jokes intentional here. Okay. Um, to work your way into the Esplanade and the front gate by Main Street Station and into Town Square. So once in uh, Town Square, you're gonna take an immediate right and you're actually gonna hug the side of Space Mountain and you're gonna come around uh, close to the Tomorrowland station, kind of like you're gonna pop out from underneath the monorail um, by the Tomorrowland Lagoon and you're gonna make your way around the Matterhorn, past the Fantasyland station and back through uh, the castle, making your way back down through the hub. So the, the big difference between this version of the event and the version of the event in Walt Disney World is that you only see your fellow runners kind of in town square. So you'll see people coming in, you'll see people going out, uh, but on Main Street, your experience will be pretty singular, um, which I felt like given the scale and sort of the charm of Disneyland makes it feel a little more personal, a little more intimate. Um, rather than having everybody kind of on a, a much broader main street, having everybody passing each other. Which through. was actually what Disneyland half used to do. Used to, or, yeah, the Disney, some of the couple of the Disneyland races used to pass each other on Main Street. It wasn't the same as Disney World where they like let spectators in. Okay. Most of the spectators tended to watch from either the downtown Disney area or like that space between the two parks. Mm-hmm. You haven't been to Disneyland, but like if anyone hasn't been to Disneyland, basically both parks are across from each other, mm-hmm. and you walk, you go through security, and you're in all in the same area, and then you just pick which park you go to. If you go to the right, you go to Disneyland. If you go to the left, you go to California Adventure. Got it's it. It's all like so. Most people tended to like cheer in that section, kind of section, and then that all connects. If you were to walk straight through there and not go into either park, you'd be in the downtown Disney. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Like I said, drive right past it and not even notice. <laughs> <laughs> not even see it. 
All right, so so this gets you to just uh, just past a mile, uh, just under a mile, rather, coming out of Town Square and back into the Esplanade. Um, and then you're gonna make your way across the Esplanade and into DCA, coming down uh, Buena Vista Street, and you're gonna pass uh, Carthay Circle. And as you get down past Carthay, Carthay Circle, you're gonna take a left, and you're gonna go into the part of the park that I absolutely cannot wait to go into, which I feel like is also- Radiator Springs. Radiator Springs, indeed, with the, the jewel of Ornament Valley. They just did such a good job on Radiator Springs. Like, they really just, like, Disneyland outdid themselves on Radiator Springs, I have to say. I will stand by that. And, and this will be, once uh, Avengers Campus opens, this will be such an interesting part of the park to see how it evolves from passing Avengers Campus into uh, Radiator Springs. Yeah, because it's kind of like, um, Disney Cal California Adventure is kind of split up into, like, parts of California so you've got like Hollywood Boulevard has like the theaters and animation and what used to be Tower of Terror which is now Mission Breakout Mission Breakout and then you've got like the whole Pixar area which has like it's like the Bugs Life area which is also kind of over there which is really cool and then you've got like what used to be kind of the Ode to Southern California which is now Pixar Pier but also has like it still has like the cafe, the wharf cafe, and there used to be like a like a bread factory over there that used to be able to like take a tour of. Oh, that's cool. Which was really cool. And then you've got the like Grizzly Peak area that's owed to the national parks of California. This is one of the reasons that I really, really, really love this park is that it's just so like each area is like so true to its home, I guess. And also just really different, right? Like Yeah, just really, really different. But Avengers Campus is going to kind of be over in that Hollywood area because that's where uh, Mission Breakout is. So it's going to kind mm -hmm. of be nestled between that Hollywood area and um, what is now Cars, Radiator Springs, Cars Land. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so coming this way, uh, you're going to be making your way just past a mile down Route 66. Uh, you're gonna hook around by the churro stand and you're gonna make a quick right by uh, Luigi's Rollicking Roadsters, which is just the cutest darn attraction I've ever seen in my life. Which I don't think was there. There was like, there was like a tire thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was like these inflatable kind of bumper car situations. That didn't quite work the way they were supposed to. No. Oh. We waited a very long time for that ride and then like either my mom or my cousin, like one of them like couldn't get out of the corner. <laughs> Oh, so disappointing. <laughs> it was really disappointing. Then they learned their lesson in that. It was re replaced with the Mater's Junkyard Jamboree and something else that I don't think I got to ride either. Oh, yeah, the bakery tour. This map is so incredibly detailed. Yeah, that was part of why I really liked it because I was like, and we'll embed this for our listeners. We'll definitely embed this on the on the website so that you guys can like, take a look. It literally has like markers for every individual sprinkler for world of color <laughs> like, <laughs> it does it does and it has the like a little icon for like the stanley statue that's at the end of route 66 yeah it literally oh my god this is so detailed i love this it has the parade route mapped out for you oh yeah all kinds of good stuff oh my gosh this is such a good jack jack's cookie num num stuff <laughs> oh, man 
we're recording this close to lunchtime, so you, yeah, if you if you hear anything about that, and it's probably because Emily needs lunch. Yeah, bakery tour. It's still there. There you go. Their bread is so good. Sorry, it yep. definitely is getting close to lunch. I was just going to say, like, yes, it's where if you so if you're listening to this at the end of the run, go ahead and get yourself some carbs after you're done. So okay, so you're gonna pass Radiator Springs Racers. And then you're going to swing north again through Pacific Wharf again, which I think is a really pretty part of the park. And Absolutely then beautiful. at mile two, you're going to do a quick little loop um, by the Grand Californian and through Grizzly Peak. So um, this gives you an opportunity to see something a little more scenic, a little woodsy. Um, but again, you know, sort of this, all of these different areas represent, you know, the various characters' journeys to get home in the different Toy Story films. Love that. And then you're going to come back through your loop and you're going to follow the parade route for just a hot second before you're going to dip out onto South Disneyland Drive uh, by Downtown Disney. And you're going to hook around... Um, it's just a quick out and back before you come into um, back into DCA through the back of the house through a cast member entrance around Pixar Pier. So you're going to come in right by uh, the boardwalk pizza and pasta and then you're going to start to pass um, the Luxo Ball which I think would be an absolutely fantastic um, uh, photo stop especially since you're right by uh, mile three. You're going to do a quick hook around the fountain uh, and as Emily pointed out, Jack-Jack's Cookie Num Nums. Yes. You're going to pass the Incredicoaster, the Lamplight Lounge, which I think would be a fantastic place for people to cheer from. The Abominable Snowman Frosted Treat. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, it's, it's Lemon. I love that sign. It cracks me up. That and the Angry Dogs. Like the, the fact that like Louis Black as Anger is the yep. little icon on all of the condiments. We love that. Oh, it just makes me smile every single time. Um, and then you're actually going to finish, uh, the finish line at 3.1 will be the end of the World of Color bridge, right? So you're going to cross over the bridge. Um, and then there's plenty of staging sort of on the opposite side that you could host post-race. Again, it's a little bit different to host a finish line inside the park. But ultimately, I feel like both of these races would be fantastic nighttime races. Yeah, I mean, the views in California Adventure specifically, in Disneyland as a whole, but California Adventure at night are absolutely spectacular. Some of the best photos I have are are during the races when it was still dark outside. And that World of Color staging area where people sit with when they have, like, you know, special reservations for seats and stuff. Like, that's a great place to ho- to host a post-race event. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, you've got that whole wharf area on the other side of the bridge. Like, there's, like, there's spots there for a good post-race event, I think. And that's kind of, that's how I, I saw it with uh, the 5K. So, I took the inspiration for both of these from obviously from Toy Story, but growing up, I grew up near an amusement park that is now a Six Flags, um, but it actually was called Riverside as a child, Um, and it was sort of the local parent, like, teenager management strategy to get a season's pass for your teenager, to drop them off at the park before the park opened at, like, 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning, and then just retrieve whatever was left at 8 or 9 o'clock at night. (laughs) Uh, but doing that, I noticed that one of the things that Riverside had that I wasn't a runner at the time, um, but I wish I had participated in, uh, they had this series called the Twilight Five Miler, and it would start outside the park, 
and then it would wrap around through some of the back of back of the house spaces in the park and then you would ultimately finish by one of the roller coasters uh, your prize was a fluorescent t-shirt uh, you could always tell the twilight five miler shirts because they were bright yellow or bright blue or like you know orange or hot pink um, obviously for visibility purposes if it was in the evening um, and then you got a ticket to be in the park the rest of the night so you might have done the race and finished at 7 30 or 8 o'clock but that might have been a Saturday when the park was open till midnight so nice. it was actually a really cool way to get people into the park in the evening and I feel like both of these races especially given your point about like the views at night and the entertainment this would be a great way to get people back in later. Yeah. Um, and it could also be a really cool thing to do if you're gonna do a standalone Pixar night. Yeah, that would be so great. And like, I feel like it bears mentioning too that you mentioned your hometown one. Like if you love racing in amusement parks, like check your local amusement park. Because yeah. a lot of them have races. I know that Hershey, the Hershey Half is a really big one. Um, even the little park where I worked has a 5K. They call it the Sesame Place Classic. Every, Aww. Every like May, mm-hmm. they have mm-hmm. this race. I know Cedar Point has a bunch of races. Like, there's somebody out there on one of these Disney Facebook groups I'm in that has done a ton of amusement park races all over the country. So if it's something that if you're like, I really like running through parks because it's got a view, check out your local ones because like they probably have great things like you get a ticket in for the rest of the night or like Hershey Half gives you like chocolate. Also That's great. That's your thing. Also great. It's really hilly. Hershey Half is very hilly. Point that out. Hershey Park in general is very hilly. <laughs> Noted. Noted. But no, this is so cool. I love this. So the idea is that you could obviously do the 5K or you could do the half um, to complete the Pixar Pals you know, challenge. But if you do both... You get a special medal. You get the big backyard medal. Um, so in my head, the medal for the Disney World version is very sort of Buzz Lightyear-esque. And then the medal for the West Coast version is Woody. And if you complete the Big Backyard Challenge, those you get a second, uh, sorry, a third medal that is a background that lets you clip Woody and Buzz to create one giant medal. Holy <laughs> crap. So, you know, it doesn't have the effects budget that the Pirate's Life for me did, but I no. feel like the, the metal budget might be the a The metal high. budget might go, yeah. Because, you know, we're also proud of, you know, having multiple medals, and it's so cool that, um, you know, that you get five medals or six medals, or depending, or, you know, like you and Felicia love your coast-to-coast medals or your yeah. Castle of Chateau, but I thought, wouldn't it be cool if each medal was its own unique piece, but then you could clip it together to make it something even better than its whole? Yes. And also for all of those of us who live in New York and don't have space to get six medals every year. Also, yes, it is a, it is a space-saving <laughs> we consideration. Kind of, we could combine our medals. And I just thought it would be so cool because it, then you could make the, the challenge medal larger and more substantial on a thicker lanyard. And then you just clip Woody and Buzz into the ch- the um, the backyard challenge medal, and it's like it's like a cool backdrop. Maybe it's Paradise um, Pixar Pier, that rather cool. with the the roller coaster in the background, and and then you could have other little elements. Like I'm not, in my head, the background medal for the challenge would be Pixar Pier with maybe some other smaller characters. Like you could put little aliens on the edge, you know, sort of like for graphic design balance. I thought a lot about this. Um, I'm surprised you didn't sketch it out. 
if I could draw better, I probably would. Uh, but yeah, I feel like this would be a super fun way to, again, to get people into the park in the evening to either spice up um, a Pixar Pals night, because mm. obviously if it's a hard ticket event, maybe that's something that this includes. That would be cool. I mean, Disneyland is the perfect place for a Pixar Pals event, especially California Adventure. So much of that is obviously is Pixar now. I think it would be super cool to do it that way. And I just, I feel like this is, is such a great way to tie in all of the IP that goes along with Pixar in a really like holistic way. And also it gives you an opportunity to bring out some characters like we talked about Bo Peep that you might not necessarily see all yeah, the time. Lotso, we yeah. have the Lotso costume exists. Yeah, we found it, we found it on the internet. We know where it is. We know it's there. <laughs> so yeah, so that is my blue sky racing idea for this month then. I love this. I'm here for the last, iteration of the Disneyland half was Pixar themed. Oh, very cool. Yeah. I, I did not do it that year. I did it the year before. I did the second to last year, but it was, I'm actually curious. I'm going to do some Googling. Um, 2017. I, I want to say that the, the challenge was called like the Pixar Pals challenge or something like that. Let's see. 2017 Disneyland. It sounds about right. Right. Well, because you just have so many characters to pull from and some, so many interesting stories to tell during the course of the race. They did, they did continue to call it the Disneyland Double Dare, the challenge, but the medals had, had the Incredibles and Toy Story and um, Monsters, Inc. characters ah, cool. on them. Um, I think the half marathon had the Toy Story characters, nice. which was really cool. We'll have to find a picture of that. Be like, this is the inspiration for what Mary thinks theoretically could be a medal for this hypothetical race. Yeah, I'm looking for it. I'm looking through the pictures. I'm looking through. Oh yeah, here. So the the 10K had Mike and Sully on it, and the half had Buzz and Jesse and Woody and like the blocks. But then the blocks had like the Disneyland logo, and then the challenge medal had the Luxo ball and the Pixar lamp. Aw, I love that little lamp. Yeah, and then it was also the 10th anniversary of the Coast to Coast Challenge. And I think the 5K medal had the Incredibles on it. This person doesn't have a picture of the 5K medals, but I'm pretty sure that was who was on that. Super cool. Yeah, that was cool. I was like, why didn't I do this year? So, well... I have the last of the Dumbo medals, though, so that, like, makes me happy. That's okay. His ears move up and down. Aw, it's super cute. Awesome. So that means you're next up for Blue Sky next month. Do you have any ideas yet, and we're not going to hold you to it, what you think you might focus on? You know, I'm not sure. I, I'm thinking that there might be some Epcot food-related things, ah. but like food and wine to the extreme. Oh my god, we it's a competitive like, eating challenge. We here might have like a Krispy Kreme challenge type situation. Oh my on gosh. Hands. Okay, all right, that's cool. Yeah. All the plastic cheese you can consume. Oh my god. <laughs> Before your arteries slam shut. Or you vomit out everything <laughs> in your stomach. Oh my god. 
Uh, so, dear listeners, we hope you enjoyed this Blue Sky edition of our show. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. We'll be delivering fresh episodes each Tuesday. If you dig our show, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes or Spotify. It helps us get noticed and find more cool listeners like you. And thank you for tuning in today. We would love to connect with you. If you want to reach out, tell us a story. If you've got a sketch for Mary's medal, whatever it is you want, you can find us online at yourforerunner.com or at yourforerunner on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks. See you real soon.